0: You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Today is Williamsburg Christian Church's 59th anniversary. Give God praise for that. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for a lot of reasons, one reason being that God has been at work in this church uh, and through the heart of this church something deeper than just the people who are members here, including all of us, uh, for 59 years. What else makes that a beautiful thing is many churches tragically shut their doors during COVID. And then after COVID, many churches across this country um, had to sell buildings, uh, had to release pastoral leadership and staff, Uh, And so by the grace of God here we are uh, still alive and well in God's grace still growing in God's grace And so we want to celebrate that and we'll talk more about that and have some exciting things to do I think Um, some meaningful things to do today uh, As we're going to listen to people uh, who wanted to offer I asked to offer a word to us And so we have a lot of people who are going to speak And offer a word today as we think about what God has done over the last 59 years of this church's life So today will be a little different because it's Anniversary Sunday, and there's a lot of different ways to do this. And as I look back over my notes over the last uh, 13 years, so this month marks the end of 13 years and the beginning of 14 for me serving uh, with you. This year marks 10 years of Aaron serving in vocational full-time ministry, so we want to give that a big celebration and give God praise. And this year marks fifty nine years of faithfulness, of God's faithfulness in this church. And there and over the last thirteen years I have done everything from tell the story in great detail. From how this church was founded and where it came from and what was done, and this bus ministry that was extraordinary in our community. Over the course of every year, throughout the year, not just on October, sometimes I just work in little details about the church, like I did not too long ago, at how this church, during the time of um, integration, voted unanimously that this would be a church that welcomed people of color and wanted to make it sure in the minutes that on record that this was what they wanted as leaders in this church and how this particular church that many years ago in 68 joined one other church in the town to try and establish a unique movement within the community to bring white neighbors and black neighbors together and I told those stories I tell those stories work through and so I thought to myself do I just do that again and do I talk about Tarakwa and how there were 200 AIDS orphans in Kenya who needed a place to live? And our church received the call from God and partnered with CRF to do that and continue to do that with economic development practices and housing and. and Corn mill machines, uh, Norma's posho mill, and cows. One of them uh, is which, uh, well, cows and other things um, that are out there. Um, Aaron just looked at me. So, like, all these different things, or do we talk about 3E being birthed out of this church? See what I'm doing here? Like, I could talk about all these things, and I thought, man, I mean, that's one thing. And I do that from time to time, but I thought this year it would be good to just hear from each other. Uh, so today's going to be a day where you hear from brothers and sisters in this church, where you hear how God is moving in them and through them because of what God is doing in and through this congregation. You're going to hear why people are calling this church home, because when we look around, we are a unique church. We are a church that the city and the county calls when they have needs and crises. That's true. We are a church that has a witness, that has a reputation that has a ripness and a witness and a reputation for a gospel that, cover, that that speaks to all of life and is for every life. Some, some are big fans, <laughs> some are not. Ironically, it seems to me what I've learned is people outside of the kingdom of God are more um, taken aback by the witness than sometimes some of our Christian siblings. I'll let you do with that what you please. But that is a story of WCC. WCC has always been, um, when you look at the narrative and you look at the founding members and you look at where they came from, WCC has always been a church of come here's, not from here's. And back in the 60s, the come here versus from here dynamic was pretty, was pretty class-oriented. Uh, and it was pretty, pretty embattled with you're not from here so you don't understand kind of things. Uh, This church has always somewhat been a different bunch of people, whether it was reaching out to Eastern State and doing beautiful things at Eastern State Hospital with ice cream socials and providing things for for, uh, patients there at a time when people living through mental illness were stigmatized beyond recognition, or whether it's today where we're a church that is in conversations in regards to various aspects of social justice, including some of the things with Eastern State that we'll be talking about over the next several weeks. God has been on the move in and through the people of God here in this church. And so with that said, I want to begin with reading a message from Jason Thornton, one of our shepherds, uh, and then a scripture, and then just a brief reminder of where we've come from. Jason says, There's so much emphasis in the scriptures on telling the story of what God has done and how every progressive generation of his people is a part of that ongoing story. The people's hope for the future, even when the present is bleak, is always anchored in the reality of God's presence with and work among his people in the past. Oftentimes, as in the story of Jacob, Israel, and Joseph, God's presence is only realized as his people look back on what has been done Rehearsing their past, reveals that God has always been at work. This is the way the people of God have always functioned. Looking back uncovers God's faithful presence in ways we don't always realize in the midst of our present circumstances. This serves the purposes of encouraging us in what can be sometimes a difficult present and giving us hope for what can sometimes seem like an uncertain future. Homecoming for us is a part of that liturgical tradition. We remember what God has done as a reminder of his faithfulness. We remember not only the stories of old that are recorded in the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, but we also remember the stories of our more recent past, the work that God has done through our own specific local faith community over the last 59 years. And in rehearsing our past, we echo the words of Jeremiah, who when considering the present destruction of the city he called home, drew upon his experience of God in the past, to find hope for his future, saying in Lamentations 3, 21 through 23, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's right. Early in the spring of 1964, a group of people came together. They were members of Lebanon church, and they came together wanting to establish a congregation that would promote unity within the city that came from a tradition called the Restoration Tradition. Now, many of you, this is going to be new because you're somewhat new, maybe then an anniversary Sunday. But everybody say the Restoration Tradition, if you will. That's the tradition. So we are a non denominational church that comes from a movement that took place uh, back in the early or back in the late and, and uh, 18th and early 19th century. And this movement has been called the Second Great Awakening. So it happened in the late 18th century, early 19th century, that America was being overrun religiously by this expression of a religion called deism. Deism is this belief that God isn't actively involved in the world. So if you think of John Locke, founders like Thomas Jefferson and others they were deists and as America were getting more educated people through the enlightenment movement people were starting to believe more in deism than of the God and the scriptures who comes to us and Jesus is resurrected from the dead in Jesus and is actively involved in the work of the world and as a result religious movements like Presbyterianism and Methodism and Baptist Baptists were finding themselves in decline. And I could share with you quotes that I've read of people who are lamenting all of this, but bottom line is, at that time in the world, various ministers from the Baptist, Methodist, and Presbyterian traditions were starting to think, well, maybe the denominationalism is kind of getting in the way of things. And so they began to kind of buck the traditions of their denomination, and they began to tear down some of the denominational walls, all independent of one another. And this finally came to a head when something took place in this uh, place called Kentucky with this cane ridge on this stump led by this man named Barton W. Stone who was coming from the Presbyterian tradition himself, and in 1801, he just wanted to have a revival like everybody else. Well, in 1801, in Cane Ridge, Kentucky, this small town, it wasn't just 100 people that showed up. It wasn't just 1,000 people that showed up. It was 20,000 people that showed up. And as he began to preach, obviously his voice wasn't carrying, and suddenly, and he writes this, and I find this fascinating, he writes how young young children and women began to preach. Uh Uh-oh. And they began to preach on the stumps, and people started falling out. Now, if you aren't familiar with falling out, I'm not either, but I think falling out according to him. Here's what he said. Many, very many fell down as men slain in battle and continued for hours together in an apparently breathless and motionless state, sometimes for a few moments reviving and exhibiting symptoms of life by a deep groan or piercing shriek or by a prayer for mercy most fervently uttered. In other words, what you had was the Holy Spirit doing some serious work on people. Now, this was not Barton W. Stone's theology. The brother was Presbyterian. So women preaching, children preaching, and people falling out didn't fit his theological sandbox. But what he couldn't deny was this when he wrote, The gloomy cloud which had covered their faces gave way to smiles of hope and then of joy, and they would finally rise shouting deliverance. With astonishment did I hear men, women, and children declaring the wonderful works of God and the glorious mysteries of the gospel and historians have called this moment in history perhaps the greatest American movement within religion because it sparked a movement across the United States of America that began to be titled the restoration tradition and it is from that tradition that Williamsburg Christian Church comes. Now over the course of time we lost our slain in the spiritness, we lost some of our men and women preaching, our women and children preaching, but over the course of time, we lost those things, but it doesn't change the fact that that's where we came from. That is a part of our larger story attached to our other larger story. And 163 years later, in 1964, these men and women, a handful of people, undertook this passion to bring an expression of that movement here to Williamsburg, albeit different, nonetheless, the heart the same which was to bring about renewal and faithfulness to the gospel of the kingdom of God, to bring about the possibilities of unity among the people of God. Now, one of the things I like to remind us of is this small group of people, roughly 13, 14 people, decided that they were going to put their lives on the line and purchase property so that there could be property because they could no longer really truly fit in a house. And so they took 42000 of their dollars in 1964 and purchase property just a small number of people you know how much forty two thousand dollars equates to today four hundred and three thousand four hundred and thirteen dollars and thirty nine cents i could cover the thirty nine cents it's a lot of money that's the that's the capacity of the heart of the people back in 1964 what does it show us that yahweh is a god who provides that when God has begun a movement, God will complete the movement. We stand on the shoulders of 59 years of men and women and children who faithfully served and gave their time and their life and their effort to make sure that we can be here today. And I never want to forget that. I never want us to forget that. And so as a way of remembering, I've asked some people to write some of this. And so I want to read something on behalf of Hoyt Davenport. Hoyt's been here 72 years in this church. I'm just kidding. He hasn't been here that long. So we're only 59 years old. Did y'all not figure that out? Like, did you not know I was joking on Hoyt from the pulpit because he jokes on me all the time? All right, this is what Hoyt wrote. He said, church is about people and not the physical building we sit within. Church is Earl and Florence Boyd, Charles and Wanda Preem, Claude and Ruth Brown, Harry and Norma Gambrel, Don Hazelwood, Morton Miles, Chuck and Carolyn Witten, Ralph and Myrtle Carter, Gerald Stem, Bill and Kitsy Sutherland, Dave and Swansea Heap, Dave and Cindy Heilman, Carl and Margie Mills, Pug Dodson, Peggy Davenport, and many others, too many to name, but not completely forgotten. All of these and many more have been Jesus to me. None wore a white robe or did miracles for me. Some offered me a handshake, smile, and a hug. Some left vegetables on my doorstep. Some brought me food. Claude gave me a piece of candy some were kind to my children some offered me a bed to sleep in Swansea heap offered an ear when I needed one all of these people were Jesus to me in small and big ways these people are the reasons I have continued attending WCC these people were the body of Christ that I wanted to be a part of this church this congregation of Christians have met in a basement on Cooley Road a small house on Jamestown Road and at Laurel Level Alabama. Laurel Avenue Elementary School before the construction of this building. I recall many men working all day and then coming straight from their jobs to work on the construction of this building for four to five hours at night. Many tried to work longer but the neighbors complained on the construction noise. Women of the church brought an evening meal for the men and sometimes women who worked. That went on for months and months. I have seen ministers come and go. I have seen members come and go. I've been a Paul Barrow, Sunday school teacher, janitor, deacon, greeter, and church treasurer, plus a few more. Today, my focus is the missional community that Janet and I are a part of, a closely knit group of prayer warriors and good friends. It's a good place to be for Janet and I. While our number is almost 15 now, Janet and I have been a part of a group in which at some times only three showed up, Janet and I plus the leader. Being part of a church means that you have to be involved. Listening to Fred for 45 minutes every seven days is not enough. Bro, that is way too much, actually. Experience has taught me that you have to volunteer your time or talent to be part of the body of Christ. This is a pretty big church. There are all sorts of ways to volunteer. Volunteering for the right job is important. If you volunteer for something you don't like, it'll become a chore, and no one likes chores. It doesn't even have to be a formal kind of volunteering thing. Talking with Aaron Otis will give you ideas on how to become involved. Being a Jesus finger can be important and it makes you part of the body here at WCC. And being a finger connects you to a hand which can be used to lift people up and be a stronger influence. I've also learned that if you have problems in your life, helping others will lessen the impact that your problems have on you. There was a point in our history that we only had, there was a point in our history that we had only one woman who could play the piano. Hard to comprehend now as we have so many talented superstars. There was a time when a quarterback from William & Mary called our church home. Now look at, uh, now look at all of the William & Mary students who attend. He is now a minister to another congregation. Our church founders chose this piece of property because of the proximity to the college. It is finally paying off. The people in this church have always had a reputation of being open to new people in a welcoming way. It continues even today and each of you can be a part of that open hand and open heart. Today, we, Jesus' fingers and hands, reach far into our community to express God's love that many have never felt. Signed, Hort Davenport, Davenport. I started attending in 1967 after finding the church in the Yellow Pages. Many of you don't even know what the Yellow Pages are. (laughs) Leave it to Hoyt to give a quip at the end. And it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Because we are. And one more before we continue on in our singing. I wanted to listen, I wanted us to hear from Kathy Poe, as her and Danny have been here for uh, over 28 years. Why is WCC still my home after 28 years? My answer would be different in various seasons of life. 28 years ago, it would have been because my middle school-aged son saw some pretty girls like Andrea Waltrip while visiting WCC in search of a new church home after moving here. I couldn't wait to read that. just want to put that out there as your face is red as it could be. We, we, we desired for our three sons to have Christian friends from their school and neighborhood to grow up with so we settled into worship here. Plus, the people were very nice and welcoming. 15 to 20 years ago, our reason for staying would have been that we had fully assimilated into WCC and were in leadership roles. Danny is an elder and group leader and me as a part of the worship team in a thriving small group. We felt that we're felt that we're on, the princip- on the precipice of something good to come. We were praying so fervently for new young families to find their way to WCC. As a large majority of our members seemed to be in the 50 plus range plus the people were still nice and were becoming a part of my heart. Today, I would say that my reason for staying at WCC is that I love what WCC has become over the past 10 years under Fred's leadership. A more diverse church than ever before, an active congregation that practices what is preached, and a loving community that accepts and loves each other well through both prosperous and difficult times. I feel that I have been taught very well, or I feel I have been taught well and have matured and grown into a life where Christ is an everyday day, hour part of my life and being, not just in a Sunday sermon, but in what I think and feel and do. My community group has also been an inspiration to me. They're an incredible group of Christians who are involved in so many roles within the congregation as well as within the community. I so enjoy doing life with each and every one of them and am encouraged by them weekly. Plus people are still so nice and they're a part of my bare being as for what I'm learning about Jesus through the common life of WCC I'm learning to live into love one another rules of life we're not a perfect people at least not yet and I can rejoice in knowing that I have fellowship with those who will guard my back believe my motives and sing my praises and I can rejoice in doing the same for them as well I'm learning to praise God for the many talents and spiritual gifting of our WCC family each member of the body is so important, so different, yet so necessary. Together we make WCC better, stronger, and more unified and effective as we practice our giftings. I praise God for the changes that have occurred throughout the years at WCC. I praise God for those who came before us and for those who will come after us. I praise God for the many young families who now call us home, and I praise God that I was and still am called to be a part of the WCC family. And it reminds me of Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make us home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, will, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Service. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's all sing. And I want to encourage you that if these words reflect your words, then sing. If these words do not reflect words that you would write because you're still trying to find your way, then let the day be a change for you. Talk to me. Talk to Aaron. Talk to John. Talk to LaTanya. Talk to Garrett. Let it be a change for you. Find a way to connect, to move more deeply into the life of what God is doing here in WCC. So I'll asked Sister Agnes. Sister, it's your turn. One of the things that people oftentimes remark of is when they see Sister Agnes or Rosemary or others here with our beloved Luanga community, people are a little perplexed as to why we have nuns in our church. Um, It's a perplexing thing for people, isn't it, Sister? Sister is one of my, and she's not going to be fond of this, but she's one of my heroes. (laughs) Has been ever since I met her 12 years ago. And so Sister is a part of our family, Uh, The sisters are a part of our family. The Lawanga community is a part of our family. And so I wanted sister to offer a word to this church.
1: Pastor Fred, the leadership team, sisters and brothers in Christ. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning morning again. Good Good morning. It has been a wonderful journey to be part of this church. One day... One rainy, rainy, rainy day, United Way had given us a project to start a house for people from jail. I was part of that project, and Sharon told me that there's a small pastor in town who is powerful, he's so small, but I will meet him at that project. So the day we were supposed to be moving all the things we needed for this house, I didn't know who Pastor Fred was. So it, the rain started in the morning and it didn't stop. So I thought, nobody's coming to help, help us move the things into the, this house. I don't remember whether Pastor Fred had somebody else from this church, but I just remember that we were all soaking wet while we moved these things into this house that day and from that day on we fell in love with pastor fred because we thought if we can do this together life will be better for us together so from that time on sharon introduced us to pastor fred and said you and pastor fred can do these things in the community together and so you go visit pastor fred I don't know how we started coming through that door, but for some reason we just found ourselves coming through that door because we had stayed away from the churches for so long. We arrived in Williamsburg 26 years ago to start a school, to start a house of study for our sisters. We did not come to start what we were doing at all. We were given the the permission by Bishop to start a house of study for the little sisters. Four months after that beginning, Rebecca came to us and said, I am not well. I have a son who has not been accepted in any housing in Williamsburg, in Hampton, the area around nobody wants my son. We looked at one another, and it was very difficult to say anything. We didn't come. (laughs) We 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 were not going to be part of the community that way. What was it going to mean to take care of that young man? He was a young man with a lot of issues, and we were not really prepared. Two weeks after that, Rebecca came back again with her daughter, and this time she had all the documents from the doctors, big book, showed us the documents, and said, I have a short time to leave. Mother Teresa takes care of everybody, and you have to take care of my son. And she left. She left the book with us. We looked at one another, and we didn't know what to do. So the following day, the daughter came and said, "Uh, the situation is worsening, and I would like you to take care of my brother. So... Where were we going to begin, all right? We still have the Lafayette apartment. 126A Lafayette apartment is where we were at the time. So Robert was brought by his sister. He was in the small room and I was in the big room, all right? That's how we started our life in Williamsburg. And for the longest time, we went to Robert's church because mama belonged to that church and had brought up Robert through that church. So, over the years, the church decided that we were too much, they were uncomfortable with us in that church, and they sent three elders who came to our house and told us that we will no longer be going to that church. So, you cannot stop Robert from going to church. He was born in church. He was going to church every day. So we had to try and find other churches that will allow us to be part of them. We tried three other churches and it did not work. So when Sharon came to town and she was the director of United Way at the time, uh, she knew what we were going through and she knew what we were doing for the community. So when she introduced us to Pastor Fred, From that time on, up to now, our lives changed. We found a pastor and a church that would embrace us with all our (laughs) good side and bad side. So, we are grateful for Pastor Fred and the Williamsburg Christian Church for being our stronghold in this community. We have gone through a lot, but we have never given up because you strengthen us, and you give us the hope. We had a fire, and when we had that fire, we didn't know what to do. This church, Pastor Fred and this church, donated $10,000 towards rebuilding. We had a problem with the septic tank, and Pastor Fred, I don't know how you do it, but the septic tank required $35,000, and this church came through with that donation. That's just a few things. A lot happens behind the curtains that we, not, not everybody understands. But this church has remained a stronghold for our people. And of course, will you hear me from, with my accent? There was no way we are going to take care of Robert's son. And up to today, Rebecca called we answered, we still answer Rebecca's call because we know you will support us when we answer that call. I want to thank you for your continuous support and we are grateful for your prayers for everything that you continue doing for us. Otherwise, (laughs) I'm not able to do anything without you. Thank you, Pastor Fred.
0: Thank you, Sister Agnes. Hmm. Just so you know, the beauty of knowing people in this community is that you can get $35,000 things done for less than $35,000. And God has always had a way of providing. You know, in our church we've had a commitment that it's not a matter of if, it's only a matter of how will we help, how will we be with people. And the faithfulness of God has always been there in provision. We have never been a church of extraordinary financial means, but we have always had what we need. And we're entering into a season where God is calling us to that again, to go deeper into the works that God has invited us into. And, Sister, I am so grateful for you and so grateful for what you are doing in this community, and I am grateful that we get to be a part of that. It's our honor and our joy to be a part of the lives of what you're doing. You are doing Jesus' work. I wanted to read on behalf of the Barrett family. Stephen is one of our shepherds here one of our elders and I wanted to read some words from from them 12 years ago we set out to find a church home maybe even in the way of brick and mortar initially and visited a few churches after we moved to williamsburg as we began this journey we quickly realized that at wcc we were being acknowledged as a part of the family in a very tangible way our definition of church took on its true meaning for us these beautiful people were the church we were greeted every Sunday. We attended with friendly faces, introducing themselves to us and letting us know they were glad to have us visiting. Even on weeks we didn't visit WCC, we were receiving an email from Fred or one of the shepherds on how they could pray for us. We have been part of WCC for 12 years, and our WCC family has stood by our family through joyful times, like when our family grew to a party of five, and celebrated with us through times of sorrow when our daughter fell ill and sat with us at our bedside. WCC prayed for us, prayed with us, for us, and walked with us through different seasons of life. We feel fully welcomed and loved here. His presence is known to us wherever our WCC people are. We have learned what it means and what it should look like to live a life trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. To truly walk with our neighbors through good and difficult times. To provide fellowship with those that may not be able to receive fellowship in other spaces. To just love one another as God intended us to love. That is what we are learning about the life with God as king in WCC. Dear family, we're thankful for you too. I want to just read, and I I have so many, and I'm going to figure this out, um, but not not going to be able to figure it all out today. So um, for those of you who will not have yours read this morning, I will assure you that we will read it um, over the next couple of weeks together. uh, And we'll just stretch this out um, because I think it's important that when Hebrews says, for we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that we recognize what God is doing uh, in the lives of people here in WCC. So I want to read on behalf of Hung and Natalie Fo. Good morning. Oh, my name is Hung, and I'm here with my wife Natalie. Clearly that's not me. They'll read it on their own second service. I'm not Hung, and Natalie's not my wife. Our story with WCC began about five years ago. We, visited, we first visited WCC on weekends when our daughter was a student at William and Mary. So you could say that WCC was first our daughter's church home, and then it became ours. At that time, we were living in northern Virginia, our home of 20-plus years, but eventually felt the pull to move to Williamsburg. For most people, we tell them to the move was a much-needed change in pace, a good change in cost of living. But the deeper story is that God, we, that God knew we had some hurts in our lives that needed healing and working through. So... The real story is that, is that the pull toward WCC was a way for God to make that happen. Since we had gone to the same church for 20-plus years, we thought it would be a good thing to at least church shop a bit when we first moved to Williamsburg. So for about six months, we tried a few, some for longer periods of time than others. And while we found a lot of good churches in the area, we did never feel 100% at home at any of them except for WCC. From that first time we visited with our daughter, WCC has always felt like home. Even when we didn't know anyone except our daughter, it felt that way. There are so many reasons why we call WCC our church home and all of you our church family. If we could sum it up in one word, I would say it's accessibility. I know that's a strange way to describe church, but I'm hoping many of you will be able to identify with our experience. Accessibility is a word more often associated with access to services and not necessarily church. But if we think about church as a service to community then accessibility not only applies, but is critical. For so many reasons, church in all its forms can be a stumbling block for so many people. From the time we first visited, we could sense that WCC was a place that welcomes all. On one level, we could see this in the racial, ethnic, and age makeup of the congregation. As we became more integrated into the WCC family, we have come to understand and appreciate the depth of this diversity. We appreciate how leadership promotes and protects racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic diversity. We also love how the church values other forms of diversity, including people of different family structures, different religious backgrounds, different theology, different viewpoints on social justice, compassion, and political thought. Our hope is that this has been your experience, but if you haven't experienced this, then I pray that you will, because WCC is a place that welcomes all. We've seen how this church provides, we've seen how this provides the church with so many opportunities to love and serve our community. We have never been a part of a church that is so connected with the community, especially with members of the community that are most vulnerable to life's hardships and inequalities. There's one thing that God has been teaching us about himself through this church family. It's been in how we think about our neighbor. WCCS challenged us to redefine who our neighbor is and how we love them. Without knowing it, we had grown up spiritually believing there were limits to who our neighbor was and how we could love them. Being at WCC and seeing how the leadership and members of this church love one another and our community has challenged us to let go of these limitations. Being here has helped us to take God more at his word when he says that all things are possible with his strength and that no purpose of his can be thwarted. It has challenged us to love in ways that can feel different and uncomfortable And it has led us to so many of you who have loved us well and pursued us when we most needed it. We are so fortunate to be a part of this church, to be a part of a missional community that is like a second family for us and our children, to have friends that we lead worship with, and to know that this is a place that all are welcomed. Hung and Natalie Fo. I want to read just two more, even though I have so more. And again... um, For those who I won't read today, I will read next week and the week after because I think these are important things and it fits where we're headed. This is from Kim Fisher. Kim came to us through COVID and she came to us strictly online at first and she didn't even live here, but I'll read her words. WCC is my home because God is doing above and beyond all that I could ask or think as Paul mentioned in Ephesians 3.20. Thinking back to when I started connecting virtually with WCC in March, 2020 from Roanoke, Virginia, to when God led me to move to Chesapeake in October 21 to be close enough to drive to WCC, to when God led me to move to Williamsburg in August of 2023, I see God's provision in his timing. Without the WCC family, I would not have known I had a diseased imagination and needed healing from spiritual harms and PTSD. Through the common life of WCC, I am learning how the kingdom of God is so much more than being saved to go to heaven. I am learning how to live and not just survive. I am learning how to participate in a life-giving, healthy community. I am learning that God did not make me to carry my burdens alone. I am learning I am not a burden or too broken. I am learning I no longer have to perform to be loved and accepted. I am learning I no longer have to live as though I have something to prove. I am learning that if all I can do is show up, that is enough. I am learning I no longer need to try to protect myself by giving people permission to reject me. I am learning freedom from the lies I have lived with so long is possible in community with God and WCC. That's from Kim. Y'all hear all this? It's possible. This is possible. I think it's important that you realize that None of this has to do with preaching. Like nobody is saying, hey, it's the preaching. I mean, the preaching's mediocre. Nobody's saying it's the music. The music's great. It's what the Holy Spirit is doing through each one of you. But here's the truth. If we don't have you showing up and active as a part of this church family, it's possible these stories change. Are y'all with me on that? Come on, are you with me on that? Do you see how that works? That if you aren't here, that what the Holy Spirit could say or do through you would not be said or done because you and I weren't here. This is why a church is never about a personality or a person other than the person of Jesus Christ. (laughs) And the personality of the church takes shape by the people who give it life, which means Does the leadership matter? Of course it does. We are an elder led church, shepherded by people who are trying to take Jesus seriously, who pray for you and understand that they and the staff are going to answer for how we love you. We're going to answer to King Jesus for what we say. As James said, not all of you ought to be teachers because you'll fall under a stricter judgment. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like something I got to pay attention to. But what makes up the church is you, not the building, not the chairs. Not the address, as grateful as I am personally for all of those things, except for the electrical problems, the poor HVAC system downstairs, the plumbing, and other things. I'm grateful that we have those problems because we have a facility. But look, we are the church. And if you look around this church and you think through who God has brought to this church with us, and I'm not talking about just the people by name. I'm talking about what God is doing in and through people in and through this church. I mean, you look at the number of nonprofit leaders who call this church home, who have influence in the city. You look at the number of people that God is using in everyday ways, and this is you in everyday ways, as everyday people and in an everyday place is making a difference in this community. Too many times the church falls into a trap thinking that the church is about me, that it's about my preferences, my body, what makes me comfortable, the prayers that I won't pray, the songs that I won't sung, the sermons that I won't preach. And we forget that when it comes to saved, liberated people who have the Holy Spirit of God, who have Jesus, who are going to heaven when they die, who are supposed to live in such a way to bring heaven into earth, here's the thing, the church is not about you or me, it just involves you and me. You see the difference? Now, you get to decide how faithful, right? I get to decide how faithful and what all it means. But the church isn't about me. I've said this a hundred times. If the church was about me, this whole music set would be different. I don't, like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Christian music, which is weird because I'm a Christian. Now, I'm not saying we'd be playing, like, Layla or anything and change the words to, like, Jesus, which is what some churches do. It's just so weird. But, but, like, my point is, is this is us, Because there is only us. And so when you get tired or wearied over the things that God says, if you get tired or wearied over the fact that our church is a church that has to name the things that we name and do the things that we do and remind us of the things that we are reminded of, my only hope is that you'll look around and you'll listen to these stories. And I've said this before, and this is of no um dishonor to those who came during my tenure here just i can only speak from my tenure but i know the change that we have endured over the last 13 years i know it you know it you've seen it the people that i want to always remember are the people who navigated that change raise your hand if you've been at this church longer than 13 years raise your hand please everybody else look around everywhere raise your hand these are some of the people in the first gathering that has watched this church shift. Watch the Holy Spirit shift this church. Raise your hand, any of you, for that matter. I want to call out the few who just raised their hand. Raise your hand if there have been things that are said or that are done here that's made you uncomfortable. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if things have been said or done here that's, you know. Now, some of y'all may not raise your hand on this. I'll raise my hand because I'll, I'll do it if it, you know. Has it been your favorite? Raise your hand. All right, good. Because that's what church family does, is it presses through. I'm reminded of the words of people like, oh, so many people here. Have Sam Rowe, a college student who came to us and whose life was changed, not by the preaching and the music, but by you. Keith and Gladys, who's come to us who I'm going to read next week, for Charlie, who's been a part of us, who has spoken several times, written letters to us. I'm going to read Charlie's next week. Of Rob Smith, of the Griffith family, of the Reed family, of others who, whose lives have been impacted by the work here. I want to read just two more, and then I would like to invite us to come to the table. I'm reminded of Marty Wright's words. He said, I chose WCC as my home church for a few reasons. Initially, because of the love and non-judgmental atmosphere that I experienced on day one. And that did not change once who I was became known. As a matter of fact, the love grew. The genuine kindness and respect is so heartwarming and special to me. And the Christ-like characteristic is so evident I also, being a man who has a heart for all children, fell in love with the segment Big Idea that is done with the children. Honestly, that is always the highlight of the service for me. Same, bro. I love seeing that. As one who's experienced many different services, I find that I enjoy teacher preachers the most. Coming from the school of thought that God speaks to man through men and women, being at WCC has been a blessing in that aspect as well. I'm learning that life with God is King. In Jesus can be fully experienced through the members of his body. The people are are the church, the body of Christ, and it's on full display at WCC. I'm truly grateful for all the members of this church family, and they are truly special and sincere followers of Christ. Thanks, brother. I want to close with these words for this service from the Reed family. Uh, You may, you'll see the picture of the Reed family here. Church, you were taking us to school, teaching us what family means by way of loving and belonging and joy. When we're here, Jesus sits to our left and right, and the Holy Spirit is on the move. But you are a church family humbly hard at work beyond the church walls. You challenge us to recognize what needs doing or undoing and how we too can be the hands and feet of Christ. You're a church body after the heart of God, anxious to right wrongs. Name them and stand firmly alongside the suffering or triumph or fortitude of our neighbors near and far. It's from the Reed family. I could go on, and I'm going to unfold these over the next couple of weeks. So for those of you who took the time to uh, meet my last-minute request thank you if you want to add to it please feel free but your words and your voice needs to be heard if you have something you want to say to WCC send it to me I want to read it or you can say it we have to hear from one another as to how God is moving if you're a person here who wonders how that can move differently for you then talk to me step more deeply into it if you feel like you have and it's just not working then talk to me and let's sort that out because we are not perfect does that make sense We aren't. I mean, that's clear. But we can be faithful. Because the one thing Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 13, as he was getting ready to tell them that he was going to leave, and it's the verse up here on the screen, as he was telling them all of these things, and he was getting ready to be with them in some dark moments to lead them into the dark hour of his crucifixion, when it's all said and done and all that experienced, he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And let's read this last one together. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. One of the things that was mentioned in almost every writing was the diversity of this church, and not just the ethnic and racial diversity, even though that was mentioned, and not just the, the, the age diversity, even though that was mentioned. It was the diversity of thought. What makes us a unique expression of the kingdom of God is not our preaching and not our music. It is the body of Christ that makes up WCC and our willingness to make love look like something. It's not perfect, but we can be faithful. But in order to be faithful, we need everyone to always be willing to come to the table so that we can love each other as Christ has loved us, and that is how we will show, not through the music, not through our statements of faith, even though those matter, and not through the preaching, but we will show the world who we are because of how we love one another, because of whose we are. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.